Ready Pop Music Changing Lives. Hello and welcome back to another Ready Pop Music Changing Lives podcast. I'm here with uh, some super special guests um, for a kind of African music, Afrobeats um, special. Um, and I've got my two guests here today, um, all the way from, I think, uh, phoning in from Ghana. We have uh, Dr. John Collins. Say hello, John. Hello. <laughs> Uh, and uh, um, slightly more locally based to me here in Reading, we have Danny Lampo. Danny, say hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, without further ado, again, I'll get straight into it. Um, considering this is a special uh, episode, I thought I might ask my guests kind of a bit of their background. So, um, so Danny, do you want to do you want to start and explain your your background, how you got into music, how you got into the music that you make now, and and where you want to go with it? Yeah, sure. So my name is Danny Lampo. Um, I was born in Italy to Ghanaian parents. And my parents were into music, like they used to sing in church. My dad was a choir master, to be honest. My sister used to sing. And I used to play the instrument back in church. So I was, I grew up like within the music environment, I would say. And at the age of 22, I was like, you know what? I like writing. So I started doing my own thing. And that's how I started. I love Afrobeat and dance. So, so I tried to do that type of genre. But I do like music in general, to be honest. Like, I just love music. Even classical music sometimes. So relaxing and nice. So, yeah. I think all true music fans are, are kind of fans of everything to certain degrees. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree with that. Sure. <laughs> and, and John, um, I mean, I, I first heard about you when I got outrageously obsessed with Fela Kuti, um, uh in my in my university days. Um, and, and you were a connection that came up um, from there. Um, so I thought it'd be great to get a bit of background on, on your life, how you've ended up in Ghana and how you've kind of ended up working with all these, these big names in, in high life and Afrobeat. Yeah, it was sort of serendipity, actually. Um, my father set up the philosophy department at the University of Ghana in 1952. Wow. So I even came here as a baby, you know, a small boy. But I later came back to be with my father in 1969 um, to do a degree in archaeology and sociology. Hmm. I was, you know, I'm of English extraction. I'm actually a Ghanaian now, but I mean, I was born in England. So I'd, in England, I've been playing in rock bands and jazz bands, guitar. So when I got to... Ghana, my father had married a Ghanaian lady, my auntie Amma. So when I went to visit my stepmother, the leader of a guitar band, a highlight band, was one of her tenants. And he saw me holding a guitar. So he took me on trek, on tour with the band. I'd only been in Ghana for about two weeks before I started learning at the university. I was on the road. And then I ended up by playing with so many bands in Ghana and Nigeria. Um, so it was a series of coincidences or good luck. And I couldn't play High Life when I first came to Ghana, but I learned to play it over the years. And um, that's where I am now. They made me a professor of High Life at the University of Ghana. It's rather peculiar, but um, there we are. Um, and I still play occasionally. <laughs> I play the palm wine, what's called the palm wine guitar style. It's a finger picking style that was developed in Africa about 120 years ago. Wow. So, yeah, so I kind of brought you guys together on the basis that you come or have found yourself in, in quite kind of different traditions um, of, of 
um, of West African music and our Ghanaian music. Um, and I was kind of so, um, and maybe this is a question for the for the academic first, and then and then for Danny. But but John, um, how do you see West African music and, and Afrobeat changing from? from high life through to 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 what fella did and then and then straight through to, to afrobeats now and and what danny kind of works on well it sort of went through stages um when i was first in ghana it, it was um guitar band high life dance band high life and then coming out of the high life sector in ghana and nigeria we got the afro rock of osibisa which is a ghanaian band um who had been playing high life in ghana and developed afro rock in england and then, of course, Fela Kuti in Nigeria had been playing high life as well and was influenced by soul music and R&B. Um, so he developed the Afro beat style, which uh, I also play. So that was a current music of the 70s, Afro mm. high life and Afro beat, Afro rock. And all of us, that's what we played. I had a band in the 70s. We played this, we played different types of music. But then, then came disco. Disco was the first techno pop you know, where they use gadgets, a lot of gadgets in the music, drum machines and synthesizers. Before that, all the music was live. And then mm. followed by hip life or hip hop, Ghana hip hop. In Nigeria, they call it Niger rap. So that was also a techno pop. And then ultimately, uh, what is it, 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago, actually, Afrobeats was invented. Although we had in Ghana a prototype called Azonto, we had an Azonto, which was already hitting the waves in England. And then I think DJ Abrantier, a Ghanaian disc jockey, began to call the name Afrobeats because he wanted to include the Nigerian version and everything. And now, of course, the Niger Nigeria is a bigger country than Ghana, so it's become the center of Afrobeats. But it's, it's basically a form of technopop, but based on electronic dance music. But I never played that personally. I mean, I've come to meet it as an old person, this new style of music. But I see the connections between the old and the new. Mm, yeah, that's that is fascinating. And and Danny, I guess I guess you're kind of in a little bit in the legacy of all those things. How do you how do you kind of see your place within yeah, that, within that trajectory? I do agree with um, what John said. It's right. I think um, people like Fela were did their part, but now with the introduction of social media and people like um, Burner Boy, Whiskey, which they mm. do somehow sample some of the last um, tracks. The, the, the music is more exposed, has more exposure. So people have the chance to listen to it. And if they, if they like it, then it goes viral. But I do agree that um, Afrobeat comes from Ghana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it comes from Ghana. But it's not really where it comes from i think what we need to focus on is to take it over the world like um like make it global i think it's already global but we can do a bit more and it and it's been it's been huge i mean working for a music charity works with with young people now people like like burner boy and Wizkid. they'll they'll um they're um they're listened to in the same way that that uk grimes listen to um, and even drill so they 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 have that mainstream reach perhaps where when i was listening to traditional afrobeat at, at, at uni it didn't have that kind of international reach it was very niche 
it's a very yeah. kind of niche thing whereas now it's, yeah. it's it seems to have so much more traction and i guess you're you're kind of on the wave of that and is locally in, in reading are you are you one part of the of the, the the kind of cog in rap or is there is there kind of a thriving afrobeat scene we're obviously in an incredibly diverse town so uh, i mean there are there are a few people doing afrobeats in reading mm. and it's not many of us i mean most of the people i know are more into drill and grime type of music mm. pop as well but it's like a little group of us which are are into afrobeat and we do have collaborations together to you know support each other and try to push um the movement like try to put red in afrobeat out there as well yeah and it does have such a it has potentially more struggling than than other genres such a community feel like i think because it gets people dancing i that and that is the thread that i see throughout all of these these <laughs> musics it's like they're it's proper dance music <laughs> yeah it does it does mm. it does i mean you do have those emotional ones but I think Afrobeat is mainly to, you know, for you to have fun, have a good time, party. That's that's the message most of the times. Like, let's have a good time. Yeah, for sure. And and I and I suppose going back to that that kind of birth of, of Afrobeat from high life, John, I, I was wondering just because he's kind of the Western figurehead of 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 how this music got big, at least internationally. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about about your relationship with Felicuti and how how that came about and how kind of this white Englishman ended up ended up playing with him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was because I was playing in a Ghanaian band and the leader of the we we're playing at a club called the Napoleon Club. The leader was a Lebanese Ghanaian called Faisal Hawani, who had been anytime fella used to as a young person used to play music. He had a band called the Kula Lobitos, so he wasn't playing Afrobeat. He was playing high life. So he spent a lot of time in Ghana. So you could say that Faisal and Fela were very tight friends. And I was playing with Faisal's band. So we went over to record in 1974 at EMI Studios in Lagos. And then we were the resident band at the Africa Shrine. So we opened the shows for Fela for a week. So this is how I originally got, got to know him. And I even had the pleasure of being tear gassed with him on that ah. occasion. Yeah, that's a whole story in itself. There were 16 of us Ghanaians there um, in, a, in the Empire Hotel, which was the Africa Shrine in those days, and we were all tear gassed. It was, that was our first day in Lagos, by the way. Um, and Fela was beaten up by the police. And then later on, I went to stay with Fela. I interviewed him. Um, I used to meet him when he came to Ghana. And then I acted in the film, The Black President. He made a film about his life story, and part of it was I had to pay, play the part of an education officer, colonial, co colonial education officer. So I acted in it, went to, the, to uh, stay with him again, had my passport seized because I was staying with Fela. I got in the middle of a big, uh, what they call Wahala, or I don't know what they call it in English now. I, I've been so long in Ghana. And, <laughs> problem. A, 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 a problem. So they grabbed my, so I, I, was, I was there for about a month with him. Uh, I was even teaching his children science because I was teaching science in Ghana at the time. But, um, and then the film was destroyed. So I never became a film star because uh, the police, the army went for his house and burnt it. Though some, yeah. some guys have now got some copies of parts of the film and they're going to find a way of trying to bring the film out. But Felov spent a million naira, which was a lot of money in those days on this film. And because of his political stance against the Nigerian government, they attacked his house. So I got to know him fairly well, yeah. 
Yeah, no, but I suppose that's that's an interesting question. Actually, one that I might throw at, throw at Danny. I mean, that kind of legacy or political legacy it became quite strong in 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 that movement, and and the reason for all those tear gassings is and and beatings is is essentially because of the politics and the threat of politics. And I was wondering, kind of, if what kind of messages run through your music and through the music of your kind of compatriots, and if you kind of see a line from that. I mean, whenever um, I sing, I do sing about love. I, I'm, I'm not really political, to be mm. honest. Not really political because um, it's not something I'm really into. Mm. I don't know much about politics. I do like getting informed sometimes. I don't like my research, but not some, it's not something which um, comes within me. And whenever I sing or I write, I don't like to plan it. So I just go to the studio listen to the beat or whatever I'm feeling at that moment, then I do it. Most of the time it's about love or having a good time. So, yeah, like, I think it's good to um, talk about politics sometimes, mm. like, especially, like, when some people are being um, treated badly. Mm. But it's not something that comes within me, like, politically. But I can talk to you or think to you, like, about love in general. So, yeah, that's how, that's how, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, and those big kind of community messages as well, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, inspirational stuff as well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And does that kind of chime in or did, did that have any kind of reflection with, with the, the kind of modern political movements that, that we've had, at least in, in the UK, to do with kind of Black Lives Matter and, and other movements, recent movements for liberation and kind of against police brutality and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't see a real connection with Afrobeat in this mm-hmm. case. But I do see it when it comes to um, grime music or dream music. Yeah. But I think like, uh, I heard some people say like dream music needs to be banned because mm. it brings violence and stuff like that, which mm. I don't I don't really agree with, to be honest. So I mm. think those kind of topics need to be raised. I don't see uh, a connection with Afrobeat when it comes to uh, racism, for example. That's really interesting. And John, do you see it with the with the kind of newer music coming out in in Ghana? And I guess I mean we hear we hear in England a lot about um, more about Nigeria, to be honest, and, and stuff like NSARS and stuff. Do you, does the kind of politics and music still live on in in West Africa? Yeah, I mean, if you take hip life or Niger rap, mm. um, sometimes the lyrics because it's like social commentaries. But yeah. we don't have anybody like Fella. Fella was totally unique. He was um, a guy who, if the police attack him, he'll make about he'll make a song about the police attacking him. So they'll come and sack him. Next time they'll come twice as hard. So he, he didn't use music as a cooler down of the human spirit or heart with love and such like. He was a, he was basically a warrior, and he was fighting some type of battle. You know, he he, he called the poor people of Nigeria sufferheads. So he was always supporting the downtrodden. And, but he wasn't always political. When I first knew Fella, um, he, was, he was more of a social commentary. But as he was being arrested and beaten and imprisoned, he became more and more militant. He was one of those stubborn people. The more you attack them, the more uh, convinced they get. And um, so it, I, I think he was uh, beaten or imprisoned about 200 times. So it radicalized him. Mm. And also, I think he was radicalized by... Um, black nationalism, and so on, setting up his own political party. So it was a gradual process of him becoming more and more political until 1977, he released Zombie. 
And that got him into serious, serious trouble with the military governments in Africa, particularly in mm. Nigeria. And that's led to the burning of his house and the loss of his film and so on. Um, but he was a very brave man to stand up to the governments as a musician. But, you, you know, um, modern Afrobeats is basically dance music. It's a form of African electronic dance music. So the main thing for that type of music, it, it, it's not even the words, it's the dancing. It's a type of, you, know, you have to escape from the, the, your, the life that you're leading sometimes, so you need to mm. dance. So Fellas Music, though you can dance to Fellas Music, towards the end of his life, he was trying to tell people they shouldn't dance to his music. It's for listening to his political message. But in fact, people also need to dance. Just dancing itself is a, is a therapy, dance mm. therapy. So Afrobeat yeah. is more into dance therapy, I would say. Um, and Fellow was more into the political side. Hmm. music and do you do you do you see that in your music danny i mean obviously i, I imagine you'd probably argue the words are quite important <laughs> <laughs> i do i do i do agree with john so um hmm. yeah i think it depends sometimes you do music where you want people to listen to the words hmm. and sometimes you make music just for people to dance enjoy yeah so um i do i do both to be honest so depending on where i go to perform sometimes depend on the crowd, then I decide what to do. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the main goal is to make people happy. So whether you make them, for my music at least, so whether I make them happy through my uh, combination of words or my rhythm, the vibe and the beat, as long as they're happy, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. That's And that's kind, of the, that's kind of the message that we get from almost every musician that we speak to i think it is in a way and in the previous podcast we were talking about the message of love and 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 how music's a, a naturally empathetic thing and i think i think kind of the connection is is what we're all looking for and yeah. kind of makes good music definitely so i think that leads quite nicely onto the question that we always ask on these podcasts which is how has music changed your life um and i'm gonna ask Danny that first, actually. How has music changed your <laughs> life, Danny? Ask <laughs> music. That's a hard question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, it makes you push harder, do more, because once you do something and you're not like, oh, yes, this one is going, people like it, then you want to do more. You want to do more and better. So you start paying attention to details, and in a way, I think it's good to pay attention to details, but at the same time, I think it takes away something because if you're recording something, you go with the vibe, you just do it, you love it, and then that's it. But because you want to do more and better, mm. then you go back and check every little detail. And sometimes those little mistakes add something extra positive. So I think it's to have control and know when to stop and when to do more. So yeah, music has changed my life, has made me more uh, picky, but at the same time, it has given me like lots of uh, unexplainable emotions, like unforgettable emotions. So yeah, 
Music is it, life. It, yeah, yeah. It's so nice to just um, speak to someone. It, it just kind of evokes kind of the joy of it, which is which is so often lost, especially when we when we end up talking about the industry and all the complexities of making yeah. a way, making a way in this. And actually, it all comes down to the reason we all started was 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 joy. And I suppose mm. I suppose it, it was the same for you, John. And I suppose does where you're at now feel like a kind of happy accident? Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm very happy to be in Ghana and to have become a Ghanaian, mm. to have married a Ghanaian and I've had a Ghanaian stepmother and so on. Um, although I never planned that. But I, I always loved music, even, you know, I was raised on jazz. My parents were jazz lovers. I played rock music and so on. But the real change for me in terms of music came when I came to Ghana because I discovered that music has purposes you see, in Europe, most of the popular music is for entertainment or dancing, enjoyment. A lot of it's about love, love matters, um, romantic love and so on. Um, but when I got to Ghana, I found that there was music for all sorts of other purposes, particularly traditional music. They have music for war, music for funerals, music for weddings. Even they put history into their music. You can have musical historians. So it opened, and then I met Fela, who's a sort of political musician. So I, I suddenly realized that Music is used for many, many purposes in human society. And that's probably its value. Like if you go back to the Stone Age times, that mm. much of our memory was carried by music. And I met all these things in Ghana, which I hadn't met in Britain. And I also met polyrhythms. Poly mm. In other words, playing several rhythms at the same time. European music is one-way music, rhythmically. Always has a strict beat. Um, but in African music, you have a strict beat, but you have about six strict beats on top of each other, all starting at different points. And, and I found it quite wonderful to meet this type of music um, because it's a type of music where you don't have a leader. You know, if you have very strict beats, who's the leader of the band? Um, when it comes to a lot of African traditional music, that is, um, you, you, because you have so many beats in the music, all the beats, all the voices are equal. It's a sort of very democratic type of music. This is what I discovered. It, we don't find it so much today in Ghana, but that's what I met. So it, it sort of opened my brain, if you want to put it that way. Hmm. So I decided to follow a musical career, even though if I'd stayed in Britain, I would never continued with music. But somehow it happened in Ghana that it opened up doors for me. That's, that's, that's so interesting and kind of... Yeah, it's it's funny how it how it kind of comes by accident, and 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 then and then there's also the flip side, and I I guess this things back to to you, Danny, is is kind of making your way as a as a Afrobeats artist in the UK. How how have you found that? How have you found the journey as an Afrobeats artist? Do you, do you still feel like it's seen as a kind of I suppose versus grime or or drill? Do you see it as a kind of like marginal? genre that's kind of gets that representation or are you starting to see it slowly grow i think um we are getting there but we are not quite there hmm. uh, for instance like if you go to to a club for example like 20 percent of the song are afrobeat and the rest is like uh mainstream so i think there's a bit of recognition but we are not quite there and but it's better because we see the growth so it gives you like more motivation to do more because something is happening. We are not like stagnant. We are not staying there. We are not at the same point. Something is moving slowly, but it's moving. So hopefully 
with time, you will get there eventually. And it's definitely something that we've started hearing on the radio in the UK. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit more often, yeah, nowadays. Even Danny, you know, 20% is quite a considerable chunk of music. I mean, when I used to come <laughs> to England in the 70s with High Life and Afrobeat, it was zero. Nothing. Nobody was interested <laughs> except one or few university students, maybe, um, but hardly anybody was interested. So even if you've gone from zero to 20%, you're on the way forward. <laughs> That's a great step yeah, forward. So, so were you touring High Life and Afrobeat in, in the UK then as well, John? Yes, at one point I even took my band, uh, my Ghanaian band, to uh, England. We stayed for about a year or so. Mm. Um, so I, I did play to some extent and I, I toured... Europe with a, a Ghanaian band. I, I did some tours, but this would be about 20, 30 years ago, before Afrobeats. Mm. And then people interested in African music, they called it world music. Yes. And there was a, an interest in world music. But now the, the Afrobeats phenomenon has superseded by far the impact of that. You know, uh, you could say that 40, 50 years ago, nobody in Europe or America was interested in African music. You know, they had James Brown, they had the, the Rolling Stones, they didn't need African music. Then the world music thing came in first, like Yusundur, and then, uh, and Fellows music too, but gradually came in. But now the Afrobeats thing is, is like, it's the, it's the time I think when, I don't know what the, what the reason is, I think a lot of it's to do with the equality of nations. You know, during the colonial time, or after the, just after the colonial time, there was a lot of suppression of African culture in Europe. But mm. now everybody's equal. We're meant to be living in a democratic world. All, all, all peoples are equal. And now Africa is independent and everybody wants to dance. And let's, let me just say one thing to you here right now. In Afrobeats is really a dance generated music. There, I'm, I'm going to give you a, 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 an approximate number of the number of rhythms that exist in Africa. From my own experience in Ghana, I've multiplied it up to the whole of sub-Saharan Africa. In the whole of Africa, there's between about 12 and 15,000 distinct rhythms. Now, if you want to come to the mother of rhythms for your Afrobeats, you better come to Africa, because that's where all the rhythms are. The ancestral ones are still here. The modern ones are here. So it, it seems logical to me that if you're going to have a electronic dance music, which is focusing around dance, you're bound to come to Africa, because... I think if you counted all the rhythms that Europeans use, waltzes, polkas, rock, all these, maybe it comes to a, a thousand. I don't know. I've never counted them up. But you can't compare it to the rhythms that come, are coming out of Africa. So the Afrobeats musicians are sitting on a treasure trove of rhythms. Some of them have been sitting there for thousands of years, and they're still being played in Africa. So mm. it's a very interesting period. Everybody wants to dance because the world has become so terrible. Mm-hmm. with global warming and COVID and everybody needs to enjoy themselves right now, not in yeah. some future because mm-hmm. the future may not even come now we're getting wars in Europe I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a, a nightmare so people need to dance and if you're going to start forming a great dance music in the world there's no better place to come to Africa for it because they're the mothers of dance and rhythm I mean, I suppose, I suppose we're, we're working on the, on the equal and fully democratic world out here <laughs> <laughs> but, well, we're going backwards. <laughs> if wars are breaking out in Europe, we're going backwards. I mean, you know. But anyway, I didn't want to get into the political side. <laughs> Young people need to enjoy themselves more so than ever, because they don't know how long they're going to be around for. And so you have to 
find when you're dancing, you're in the moment. You're one with your body and everything. It's certain hormones are triggered in your body. You can have you call it the groove, call it trance, call it whatever you want. And and it's music therapy, dance therapy. People need a lot of dance therapy at the moment. I just wish the politicians would dance. Maybe <laughs> they'd become better politicians, you know. But they well, don't dance and they <laughs> as a as a as a charity as a charity that that that's tagline is music changing lives, we kind of we've we fully endorse the message of 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 music being needed and necessary and dance by proxy as well. Um yeah. I guess Danny, there was kind of a lot that John said there, but I I, I kind yeah, of I wanted I wanted to add something to what you mm. said. Uh, I didn't mention that um before the Africans used to be suppressed by the Europeans, hmm. and I uh, agree with that again. <laughs> um, like would you instance, would you say that that that's still the case? <laughs> it is, hmm. but it's much better hmm. because um, when I was I'm 28. When I was younger, like when I was a teenager, uh, being African was not that cool. Hmm. It wasn't cool. So uh, people would try black people, black kids would try to pretend to be white for yeah. example so even if you like african music you listen home with your parents when you go outside you wouldn't play because it wasn't cool enough mm. if you go to the shop all the toys were like for white kids not for white kids but like um the barbie you know the barbie toy yeah, yeah they were like yeah. all white and blonde for example you wouldn't feel like a black one with afro so all these little things i think play part in us, including myself as well. Hmm. And um, I think now, like our generation and the younger ones are proud to be black and African. Hmm. So they even like, um, most of Africans do have like a, a French or an English name, like myself, Daniel, for example. Hmm. But now they try to use more the local name because they're proud of it. And I think... Um, this behavior which we are having now has had like a, an impact in the music as well because there's many of us which are African and if you all embrace our culture where we come from then eventually people from outside will start respecting it as well and I think it plays part in the music so if we embrace our culture then we're going to play our music and if our music is nice eventually you're going to like it too so it's kind of a kind of strong collective front, I suppose, to kind of influence change. Yeah, yeah. It took time for mm. us to realise, like, oh, actually, we should be proud of who we are. Mm. But, yeah. And, yeah, I can definitely, I mean, I can vouch for it from my own experience. Uh, I say this as a hypocrite because I'm currently wearing a turtleneck, so I look like a proper <laughs> jazz head. But, um, but, yeah, no, it's, there's, definitely, there's definitely been a bit of a mood change in, in the in the last few years for people who who aren't white in the uk um mm. in terms of owning your culture and owning where you're from which which perhaps we we kind of tried to hide when we were teenagers and, and younger yeah because you want to fit in isn't it mm. you want to fit in with the other kids maybe you're like you're the only black guy in the class and you want to fit in like for me for example i was born in italy raised up there and in my school i think i was in primary school, I think I was, we were three black kids mm. out of like what, 500, 600. So you want to be like them in a way. 
and it sounds stupid now, but as a kid back then, it looked right to me. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I think it's good. Like, um, I don't see that in the younger kids now. I see like they're actually proud and it's something which I think we should, you know. And we're, um, I don't know how much, John, you know about the town of Reading, um, but... Um, but we not that much. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, we um, I think we're we're kind of one of the most diverse towns in the country. Actually, um, okay. more more languages are spoken per square meter than anywhere else in the in England or or something okay. like that. I don't want to. I don't want to be quoted on that. But it's it's it's, right. it's we're kind of very kind of diverse population and. Um, I suppose it's it's nice it's nice to be in a place that kind of can foster that. I mean, I certainly feel that. Yeah. Um, and the young people that we work with, like I see that reflected in in how they they interact with the world, which is really really positive. But yeah, Danny, I was going to ask how kind of so the next question that we normally ask in podcasts is um, how has how has life changed your music and kind of we leading on from that question and 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 you're travelling actually from from Italy to the UK. How how has life changed your music <laughs> <laughs> so uh i always loved afrobeat hmm. yeah and i remember back when like when i was 16 17 all right record in my garage uh my, my dad's garage but i became a studio but then i would never release it because i felt like uh what I actually like, the people outside there will not like it. Mm. But when, when I moved to England in 2013, I went to uni, uh, go to the environment, and I was like, you know what? Then Azonto came out um, in 2012, I believe. Azonto yeah. by Fuse ODG. I think it was 2012. And then I saw like, okay, there's a bit of, you know, people kind of like it. Then Oliver Twist by the band, and stuff like that so i was like you know what i don't even care no more <laughs> <laughs> it is me this is what i like or just do it if i do it and you like it good if you don't like it i mean you don't need to like it i will still do it because <laughs> i'm not hurting anyone i'll still do it <laughs> and then so i started it and i was like oh my days can i do this i was like you know i just do it and yeah there's been a journey since uh, I think I've I've learned a lot during my journey, and yeah, like it's been it's been positive. It's been positive and emotional. When you go to places and you have the crowd singing your song, as an upcoming artist, it's it's a it's an amazing feeling. Like who am I? And you're singing my song, like my song. So yeah, so uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's empowering, isn't it? When you're on stage and you and you realise what you're making is light, and and perhaps riding on the wave of, of the small but growing wave of Afrobeats in, yeah, in the yeah. UK is is kind of really nice in that respect. Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, it's, it's such a uh, it's an amazing it's an, it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling, and I feel like we should do more. We should do more like go to places and try to introduce it to people which it must sound a bit strange but some people don't even know about acrobat though it's like it's getting big but some people don't know about it so i think we should go there and bring that positive energy that dancing vibe introduce it to them and yeah spread it like a virus <laughs> 
Like a good virus. <laughs> like a good virus. We need a good virus after the last <laughs> three years. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I, I lived in Cornwall for a fair few years, and, and I know that they're in dire need of some Afrobeats. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard too many sea shanties. <laughs> no disrespect to sea shanties. I did enjoy them. Um, and yeah, I suppose, John, kind of, I mean, your life, I imagine, would have been very different so, with, without, without music. So how has, how has life changed your music? Well, when I, when I first came to Ghana, I was in the early 70s. I was always running bands. And then... Um, because of that, I became involved with the Musicians' Union, so I became one of the founders of the Ghana Musicians' Union in 1974. Wow. So I became a trade union activist through music. Later on, we had 20 years of military rule, where three years we had a night curfew, where if you take a band in the night, you get shot by soldiers. So then I, I switched to running a recording studio where the soldiers won't shoot me. Um, so mm. then I became a recording engineer. Um, then after that... Um, as I got older, I've been writing books on high life, collecting photographs. I became an archivist. So I got a museum, a high life museum in Accra. And then wow. they made me a professor at the university of, you know, in the music department. So it's, so the music has opened all sorts of doors. Um, and up to fairly recently, I was playing in bands. I'm 77 years old now. So sometimes my bones are not strong enough to stand in front of a crowd and play music for hours. You know, one thing about Ghana, you never, I, you, you don't play for half an hour or set or 45 minutes set like in Europe. No, <laughs> you play for two hours minimum. And if you don't, they will riot. So you have to have a lot of stamina. You see, it's a very different way. I mean, you can't come on for 45 minutes. They, they, you'll call, the people will demand their money back. Um, so, so it's just opened so many doors for me and I, I've ended up by even, I'm trying now to write a book on the archaeology of music, you know, so it's, uns it keeps on, open doors keep opening, yeah. In fact, the very, let me tell you the very latest thing out of Ghana, just to let you know this, because mm. is that, you know that UNESCO elevated reggae music to the status of an intangible cultural world heritage. And then they went and did the same with Congolese popular music. We're now trying to get them to do it for High Life music because High Life has been around for 120 years. So it's mature wow. enough. Elevate it. And if they elevate, um, it's part of this thing you're, you're, you're talking about, Dan, Danny, about self-confidence. If UNESCO and the world is recognizing High Life and African music, it will give African musicians more confidence mm -hmm. also. And now they have their own new music, Afrobeats. Yeah. as well on top of everything so or dance hall or whatever afro dance hall yeah it's not just high life now but high life is the mother if i can put it for that uh, uh, in that way um it's a it's like the ancestor so they're going to elevate it we hope in some years or as soon as possible <laughs> that just happened last week i'm just telling you the latest news fingers crossed yeah. and yeah i suppose kind of that kind of confidence and and also perseverance i mean you talking about dragging bands through the night through curfews is kind of yeah. testament to how important music really is for all of us <laughs> taking risks like that but wow no thank you both loads and loads and loads um for coming on the show um and um helping with I've our got, I've got a question for you <laughs> oh a question for me yes all right go on danny oh <laughs> uh, what do you think about afrobeat what do I, about afrobeat and afrobeats or afrobeat Specific. Afrobeat in general, like the music. How do you so, think? 
Wow, question for the for the host. Well, um, I as as I said, I I found out about John at, at uni. Um, my dad is from Mozambique, um, so right on the other side of Africa. But kind of, and he, he's kind of much more in the tradition of Miriam Makiba and 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 the music surrounding surrounding South African kind of pentatonic high um, register guitars and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, kind of. I mean, Fella was a Pan-Africanist and and heard heard his music kind of by proxy of of, of listening to 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 the other the the African music that my dad grew up with, um, and then kind of got more into it, and then um, became exposed to kind of to Afrobeats and more more modern art incarnations of the music, and then working in music charity locally in Reading have come across even more Afrobeats. So it's 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 been a journey for me. And I, again, like John, got completely caught up in polyrhythms and just the trance-like state that you that you get into listening to Afrobeat and then Afrobeats. It's just the, to me it's the best dance music. Um and uh, I have a partner who loves kind of 90s rave music and that's great. <laughs> but um um but for me it's kind of it's kind of the root of that and it's also a connection to, to my African ancestry as well for me. But yeah no thank you Danny <laughs> <laughs> the interviewer has been interviewed. I know I don't know how to deal with that. I'm terror I was terrified. <laughs> how dare you put me in that situation <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much, and, and and it's it's good to know. It allows me to massage my ego. But on the on another note, um, thank you um, both very much. Um, I'm going to end the podcast by um, playing out um, a, a tune from um, from both of you. I'm going to start with um, as it cr- chronologically, shall we say, okay, um, from uh, from John's uh, from John's um, snippet of music that that he's that he's brought to to play with him. So, um, could you explain a little bit about the track that you've, you've sent in, John? Yeah, this is an Afrobeat I, I recorded in 1978 or somewhere around. But it was a song that I put together with a Ghanaian band, and then we took it to Fella's place. And, the, and I found a way of playing Afrobeat, fella-style Afrobeat, with a harmonica, using the blues harmonica style. So the song is now, what, 50, 40, I don't know how old it is, but it, it is an Afrobeat, but made by a Ghanaian band. And we played it at Fellas Club, and they didn't beat me up or beat us up, so they liked it. <laughs> we, they te- we were tested in fire. If they don't like you there, I told you, if you play and they're not happy with you, They'll even beat you. I've had cases of people coming to beat you for various reasons, not just in Nigeria, in Ghana as well. Wow. So you have to make sure you satisfy the customers. <laughs> I hope Customer. you've avoided that at your most recent gigs, Danny. Um, but um, yeah, here's, here's uh, John's track from the 70s. For that, John, and we now we have uh, 
Danny's song Ebony. Um, Danny, would you like to explain a little bit about the track? Yes, yeah, so um, Ebony is a nice, sweet, up-tempo track about me asking a girl that she's perfect, she's the one that I want to marry her and give her everything. She's the best, I mean, she's, the, she's a black, beautiful girl, basically. So yeah, so that's that's the story behind Ebony. That's so lovely. Is it based on a true story? Nah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Not. But I felt I felt something. Let's see. I felt something. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much to you both again. Um, we're going to play out um, with Danny Lampo's Ebony. Um, thank you to John, um, all the way from Ghana, and uh, Danny, all the way from I don't know what part of Reading from. <laughs> Cover show. Kavashum. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much, and um, I hope you guys will all be tuning in for the next uh, Ready Pop Music Changing Lives podcast. Here is Danny Lampo with Ebony. Let me tell the story when I came across a nice girl Fine, fine, black woman from Kumasi I tell the sugar one, mask you to marry Always says thank you, please me, that's it Get me out, get me out, get me out When I'm out of you, I began no doubt Get me out, get me out, get me out When I'm out of you, I began no doubt Across a nice girl, fine, fine, black woman from Kumasi I tell her she's the one, mask you to marry Always says thank you, please me, that's it Get me out, get me out, get me out When I'm out of you, baby, get no doubt Get me out, get me out, get me out When I'm out of you, baby, get no doubt Ebony, 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 Ebony,